Brown family, what's going on? It's Yvette Carnell coming to you again as I do every Monday and Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, we got we got we got a couple things to talk about tonight that I'm going to press through. So what I want to do, um, as always, as always, please, please, please get your libations. Some people say I depress them, so get your libations so you won't be depressed. I know you had a hard day at work at a job you might not want to be in, but that's all right. Ain't nothing wrong with jobs. We just need better jobs. Ain't nothing wrong with working somewhere. Ain't nothing wrong with being nowhere like that. We just need to have more of that. That's all right. But we got some stuff to talk about today. I'm going to try to hit three things um, fairly quickly in one episode. So I need everybody to kind of stay with me. Uh, And as always... If you don't subscribe to the newsletter, you can go to breakingbrown.com and subscribe to the newsletter. It's $2 a month. You can go and make a donation of whatever you want to make. You can make a cyclical donation, 3, 5, 10, 15, 25, whatever, 50, whatever a month if you want to make a donation every month. Um, you can do that. You can also make a one-time donation there. You can also go to donatebrown.com and donate if you want to make a donation. You can go to subscribe to brown.com as well and, and subscribe to the general mailing list. If I'm out or something or if Army's going to be substituting, you have to go to the Funky Academic and get your and get your black politics, then that will be here as that will be in the newsletter as well. I just collect the newsletter and have everybody. Okay? So that's what, you know, and and always, as always, please click. If you have not already, please click the notifications button for me so that you'll get notified when I come online because sometimes you might not know. I might have changed the date. Um, I had to travel somewhere or go somewhere, have something to take care of. Please hit that button so you'll know when I'm online. If you're here and you haven't subscribed, please subscribe <laughs> um, and, and, and help us out. So do that for us. And I'm just letting, I'm just trying to let a, a few people fill in. Some people have to get their, their libations, you know. They have to go to the freezer. That's where you put stuff at sometimes when you have your libation. You got to get some ice. Even if you even if you are sober, you need some ice for whatever you're drinking on. Some people like hot tea. You need to go get your honey. I'm trying to give you time to do all of that or put the baby down and do whatever you got to do before we get started into this black politics conversation. Because once I get started today, I'm not coming up for air. <laughs> so do whatever you do right now while I'm doing the intro. And I want to start... Um, in terms of the intro, I want to start talking about what we missed last week or this week when we were talking about R. Kelly and what we missed last week when we were talking about Umar Johnson. Umar Johnson has a PhD, by the way. We, but, but you know, there was an article, there was a writer at the root who said he didn't have a PhD and he had to come back and say, well, I found it at the clearinghouse, something, something, something. And so he got it. He's gotten so much heat. Why would he lie? Like, that's... It would just be sloppy to lie. Well, people have said he don't like don't 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 attack people for stuff unless you know it's true. Yeah, it would be too sloppy to lie, and I don't think he's a sloppy guy. He has theories I don't agree with, but like lots of yeah, but yeah. I mean, so that's what it is. So I just want to put that out there so we all know Uma he Johnson. is a doctor, yeah, and it, you Dr. can disagree Uma. with him, and I as I do on a lot of issues, but put that before his name. Yes. Um, apparently, so that's what we know. The root you kind of messed up, so it, it is what it is, and you tried to explain it away, but okay. And now, the question is, why did they feel so, like, why did they go there? Like, that's what, that's A lot of people have been question. saying stuff. You know, we're rumor-driven. We're not research-driven. <laughs> we even, but, like, 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 the Root has a real research department. He was like, I looked into this, I looked into this. Oh, whatever. So, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and, <laughs> gentlemen and ladies, let's get into the issue. The first issue I really want to get into, 
I really want to get into is the implosion of Trump care. We have not talked a lot about Trump care and the proposals of Trump care from, I remember the one from the house and the one from the Senate. We have not had, not had a good discussion about Trump care and the implosion of Trump care and what it would have meant and why we should have paid more attention. It's funny how if R. Kelly comes out with some girls that he's allegedly keeping as, as, as a cult or something, everybody goes crazy. Black Twitter goes wild. But why we didn't go wild over Trump care? That's why people don't take us seriously because we don't pay attention to serious things and serious issues. Now, I think the R. Kelly issue is serious, but not serious enough for us to ignore what happened and what was happening. That thing could have almost been passed had it not been for the two Republican U.S. senators who pushed it over the edge. We could be looking at Trump care. That's a big deal. And it's a big deal that the people who write for these black news magazines didn't do a good job or didn't do much of any job of covering it except to say, well, Trump is bad. It's about what's in the bill. Like, let me, let's go to clip one. This is what happened. Now they're trying to say that they're going to come back. We're going to come back and we're going to do, we're going to do a repeal. But the problem is America doesn't reprove of a, of a, of a whole repeal of Obamacare. I know I don't. I'm on Obamacare. Yeah. And you don't like it, but I, I don't, I, I want single payer. And I know a lot of people, a lot of black people, most black people are the only group that really aren't benefiting from Obamacare because you got to pay the premium and we can't like really pay the premiums a lot of the time. So we just chance it. You either on Medicaid or you chance it. Plus, honestly, I don't like the instability in my life. You got a letter that kicked you off, and then you had to go back on. Yeah, I, I was that. with I was with Etna, and Etna said that we ain't doing this bullshit no more. We're not doing this no more. Etna said we're not doing this no more. So we don't know what you gonna do, but you got about sixty days to find yourself some somewhere else to take care of yourself because we don't we ain't making enough money, and that's what happens. That, that's what happens when corporations run everything. Somebody can say, "Oh, we're not making enough money." We gone. We out. You just, you just, you just, what you going to do? We got like two, two, two uh, providers or whatever it is in Georgia. We got, what, we got, what are we going to do? Yeah, you don't need that kind of instability in your life. I don't. I'm unstable. I'm unstable enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't need that in my life. But let's talk about Trump care, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about, let's talk about what we no, would not have known had it not been for had it not been for the fact that, I mean, we, we really just dodged a bullet as African-Americans in this country. <laughs> as citizens of slaves, we, we really didn't activate ourselves. We activated ourselves more about R. Kelly than we activated ourselves about Trump care, which affects many more of us. Okay? That's a problem. The stuff that we care about and the stuff that we prioritize is a problem. Now, put these up. Uh, put put up. these up. Yeah, we're going to put these up back to back to back. Because I want to talk about what Trump, what was, I want to talk a little bit about what was in Trump care. And, and the likelihood of something like this further decimating the black community. I mean, the first thing we see with this right here is many people's insurance be, will be less than valuable. So, I mean, look at that chart. I want you to look at that chart and what in terms of what you have under the Affordable Care Act. And I already say I'm a fan of single payer. I think the Affordable Care Act was a, was a giveaway to insurance companies. It was a subsidy. So I'm not a fan of the Affordable Care Act. But what I want to say is that when you look at the amount of people who are going to be uninsured under Trump care, when you look at the value of those insurance, he was gonna, they were going to turn those insurance policies back into garbage policies. That's what they used to be. Like you pay for insurance, but you don't get a whole lot. Or whatever you get, you got to pay a lot to get it out. Right? So you, you, what, good is a, what good is a four $5,000 deductible? 
Like I got that laying around. What good is that? Just so I can I, I'm paying for something just so I can say I have insurance. So that's one of the things that 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 changed under Obamacare, where you could you know it brought down those premiums because it gave subsidies. Republicans were about to take that away. They were about to take that away. And there's another one I put that on. They're about to take that away. And what is amazing, what is amazing is that we didn't really pay much attention. We didn't really pay much attention. And if it had not been for those two U.S. senators, we'd have just been, we'd have just been stuck. We had a lot of things on our mind. We do. But the problem is one of those things is like R. Kelly. And not the context that I explained the other night. The context that I explained the other night about R. Kelly was about poverty and about the, the situation that creates not only R. Kelly but the accusers. That's not how y'all were talking about R. Kelly. We get on here and we get fixated. And I want you to stop telling me that we can do more than one thing at a time because obviously we can't. That's what I see. Look at how many people many people would pay more for their insurance. Look at that. Look at under look at look at under the Affordable Care Act versus under the House Bill. Look at look at those numbers. Don't don't talk to me. I want you to just look at those numbers. That's real money. And that's what if, if there's only one thing I can impart to you, I don't want you to I don't want you to think about Capitol Hill as just like ideology. If there's one thing you learn from being there, it's that Capitol Hill is about who's gonna get the money. All that other stuff just confuses you. It's just about who is going to get this money. There's a big pot of money over here, and we want to take it away from these people who are getting Obamacare. I don't care if they got cancer or pre-existing illnesses or HIV. I don't care. I want it to go to tax cuts for the wealthy, for business owners, for large business owners. That's what the Republicans were trying to do with Trump care. That's a big deal. What we're talking about is a reallocation. It's funny, you know, when anybody talks about redistribution of wealth, oh my God, you're trying to take somebody's money. They already take the money. <laughs> Every time we file a tax return and you have to pay taxes, somebody took the money. The only question after that point is where does the money go after it's been taken? Does it go, does some of it go back to help me? Or does it go to people? Who a lot of them who write off a lot of stuff anyway. Does the money that I pay go to help my community? Does it go to help the people in my community or no? The only thing we're asking for, nobody's asking for a handout. And so never let these people convince you that you're asking for a handout. The only thing you're asking for is for dollars that you pay in taxes, a portion of those, a larger portion of that, to be used not for tax cuts for the wealthy who have who have gotten away like gangbusters. You're asking for some of that to be used for your community and our community. That's it. And we are, we are owed that. And there's nothing, there's no handout about that. But that's what, that's what happened. And listen, there's a great, um, if you, if you check it out, there's a New Yorker podcast, which goes on for about 40 minutes, New Yorker politics, uh, about the, a little bit about the history of, of, of the fight for, um, universal healthcare in this country. And one of the things that they say has been going on since the 1910s, 19 teens. And what they say about it is basically every time it comes up, they say, well, it's foreign. They, they hire opposition to say this is a foreign thing. It doesn't belong in America because America is an individualistic country and we, we thrive on our own bootstraps and nobody thrives on anything. Even though, even though employer-based health care allows them to deduct 
healthcare, the cost of healthcare on, on their, on their, on their tax returns. So these employers are deducting. Okay. Especially these larger ones, deducting the cost of healthcare. That's ain't that, don't that sound like socialism to you? You get the government to pay for the healthcare. You can deduct it, but hold on. As an individual, I'm not allowed to tell the government that it has a responsibility to provide for my health care. So this battle has been raging for a long time. And they get away with it by making these arguments that this is not American. You getting treated for whatever disease you got just because you live in the richest country in the world is not American. And stop telling me this is not the richest country in the world. America does what it wants to do. This debt don't matter. They'll wipe it away if they want to and say, who going to tell me not to? That's just what happens. So... I mean, that's something that I just want to kind of get through. America does what America wants to do, boo. It don't matter. You think debt matters in America. We went to the Iraq war. We, 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 America did everything. They lost a bunch of money, spent a bunch of money, and everybody, all those corporations that benefited, nobody said, well, we have debt. We can't do this. I mean, that's not, that's not possible. There's a, there's a huge debt. They don't care. You got to stop caring about like, well, what America has to pay and what America has to spend. No, talk about what you need. Talk about what you don't have. Talk about your grandmama's diabetes. Talk about that time you went to the emergency room they have no insurance. That's all you need to care about. Don't need to care about anything else. Care about yourself. The minute we start caring about ourselves, we're in the game. And I almost feel like we have some side of some type of inferiority complex where we don't want to care about our own selves. Well, we don't want to say I have a need and I have I have a health care need. Every other country, every other first world country does it. I'm every sure, other one. I'm sure the people at McDonnell Douglas or Boeing think, well, you know, we can't ask for that jet because it'll it'll make the debt. It'll higher. put a dent. It'll, it'll put a dent. It'll put yeah, a dent. Yeah, we can't ask for that jet. No, no, we don't want We're that. We're gonna contract. be responsible. We're gonna be responsible. <laughs> We're gonna be responsible. Please. And put up clip number five. What we all have to start understanding is that, you know, in the black community, sometimes what we do is we get caught up on like just racial justice or discrimination or racial profiling. And that's important. That is important. But health care is important, too. But it's part of something larger. Why are black infants dying? And it's not just black mothers need health care. But what they found and that's what that's what this is about. But what they found when they investigated is. It's much more than health care that black women and mothers to be need. What they found is that you can't separate these things. We don't live in an a la carte society where you just say, well, now we got good health care. Now we straight. We good. We got good health care. No, because you still live in, 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 in either in a lower middle class area or you live in poverty, Right. So you still have all of these other things, moving parts going on around you. What you need is a stable community where you don't have to deal with any of that. And so that's something that we don't talk about. The black women who received parental care, which is necessary because you don't receive, if you don't receive parental care, when you, you know, um, prenatal care, when you're having that baby or when you're pregnant, that's a recipe for disaster. So that's what we're talking about. We talk about health care for all. That's what we're talking about. But it was a curious thing when you read the article. It was a curious thing because what they said is even black women who had prenatal care, a lot of them were losing babies. And what they tied that to was the conditions in which they lived. The conditions in which they live were not conducive to bringing a child into the world. A healthy child. 
with the you know the mother has to be the mother has to be taken care of right and so that's what we're looking for we don't but the thing is we don't get good anything healthcare is just one of the things that we don't get like in this life healthcare is just one thing that black people don't get that's just one thing and it's all tied in together and let me just you can't just have you know you, that's not the way it works and it's not just we think about it as just okay this is prenatal this is this is this is women having babies Somebody says it's medical apartheid. It is. This is women having babies. But take, but think about this. It's not just that. The next one, I mean, it's a great, it's a great, there's a great, absolutely excellent study. And I, I couldn't find the, I couldn't find the article that I wanted to use. But there's a, there's a great in-depth article um, with a black researcher about, about Alzheimer's. Do you know that we're the most likely group? African-Americans in this country to come down with Alzheimer's and dementia. Number one, number one is African-Americans in terms of the likelihood to come down with Alzheimer's and dementia. Now, why do you think that is? Well, there was a study. That was another study that came out and said that likelihood is tied to the conditions in which we live. Just like these women with this prenatal care. If we're talking about health care, let's talk about everything that goes into health care. Not just going to the doctor, going to your neighborhood, going to what you have access to. Going to the kind of life you live, the kind of stress you endure as a pregnant black woman. You got to go, go to all of that. You got to address all that. And what we find... When we talk about blacks most likely to have it, that black stu- the study found blacks have the social conditions that raise the risk. The social conditions that raise the risk of, 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 of coming down with Alzheimer's or dementia. And we'll do clip. And if you look at, if you look at that, that thing says stress, poverty, racism, raise risk of Alzheimer's, right? Now, when you look at the ways, when you look at the way, well, we say stress. What do you mean stress, Yvette? What are you talking about stress? Well, I mean, stress isn't complicated, at least not to me. One of the things they, one of the, one of the stressors that they listed in that article was chronic unemployment. But another stressor that they listed was something like losing a sibling. Let's say your sibling gets shot dead on the street. That's another stressor that has an impact, a lasting impact on the brain. And that's how, that's how too many of us live. You don't have to live in Chicago where that number is astronomical. More than 100 wounded, 14 killed in Chicago over 4th of July weekend. While your media is talking about Russia... Black people are being slaughtered in the streets. Let me have, let's have one weekend where a bunch of white people get killed on the 4th of July. Hey, look, three years ago, you closed 53 schools in Chicago. 53, say it again. How many schools they closed that in was Chicago? Three, that, was one, that was a one shot. 53 schools closed in Chicago. Three years later, this happened. You tell me there isn't a, that's a lot uh, of laid off that's teachers. That's not a connection? There's a lot of laid off teachers, and there's a lot of school kids who like... Like, I, I ain't got nothing. Go, go to a magnet school. Go to wherever, wherever, mm-hmm. whatever charter school you're trying. And charter school sends people to jail as, as much as any, as, as much as the Chicago PD. 
And when they lot and when they uh, when they close those schools the next year, they just couldn't account for a few thousand Negroes. Yeah, some kids just I don't know they got <laughs> lost. I don't know. We told them to go to this school, but like but, we lost but them. They, but they're not here. Yeah, because they had that school. <laughs> they had that street school. Yeah. They already. They already. I mean, you took them away from their community. They had people in that school. You don't know if even all the kids got to go to the same school. Exactly. And it's a charter school. They don't have the same teachers. We've talked about the importance of good black teachers. I don't know where these kids are going. But they had teachers, they might have teachers that were encouraging them, black people who were encouraging them, stay on this path, do this. And 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 Barack Obama's boy, Rahm Emanuel, took all of that away. But, 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 is he still building that stadium, Army? Do you know he was building a multi-million dollar stadium? No money for schools, but he had money for stadiums. Okay? That's what we're dealing with. That's politics. That's politics. That's power and that's poverty. Politics, power, poverty. Poverty, it all goes together. Politics, power, poverty. You know when you don't have it. And like I said a second ago, politics is about distributing money. That's it. Just simplify for yourself. Don't go thinking about capitalism, socialism. Simplify for yourself for a while. Money. Who gets it and who doesn't get it? Who gets it and who gets it taken away? Who gets it and who gets robbed? There are always people, winners and losers. In America... They are winners and losers. I can't do the kumbaya stuff with y'all. I'm just telling y'all, I'm tired of being a loser. That's just where I'm at. Like, how come the budget can't include my stuff? How come the budget can't include stuff for schools and programs for these for these kids who don't see a way out for themselves? And I can't tell them that they see, I don't see a way out right now for what they're going through there and what they're living through. If you get the newsletter, if you got the newsletter, please check your promotions folder and please check your folder. There was a great article in there about what's going on, about a photographer who was in Chicago throughout all of this. And the, the photographer talked about, this was just routine to hear parents wailing and crying and, and people saying, wake up, you got to wake up. I love you, man. You got to wake up. And, and then people wouldn't talk and say, you got to get the F out of here. I can't talk to you. You're going to try to get me. You get me killed. That's the life. And you can't live under that and be a healthy human being. But your media, Joy Reid and all these other people, Angela Rye, all these people that you follow and say, oh, girl, she's so on Twitter. She be all these woke people. They're not focusing on things that are important to us as a community. And it's not just Chicago. I was talking about Wisconsin a while ago. How that community, the 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 the, the black community in that in that state, is mostly made up of prisons and Section Eight housing. Now, what do you think happens? We're talking right now about Medicaid. We're not even talking about HUD yet. We're talking about health care, right? We're talking about Trump care. But what do you think happened when all that when all that when all that housing for poor people goes away? And these people are also on the street. Just like the people in Chicago who don't have what these people on the streets. What do you think? And they're already it's already awful there in terms of black life. What do you think happens when when more of that gets taken away? You're going to see more carnage among black people. You're going to see more of us fighting each other. That's all you're going to see. And so when I see Trump care, that's what I see. And and the thing about the Alzheimer's I was talking about when I talked about Alzheimer's. I was talking about Alzheimer's and and how it, you know, it, we, black people are the number one in terms of the group that comes down with it the most. And listen to what it said. It said stress, this kind of chronic stress that black people deal with because of our social conditions. It said take years of brain function away. 
We're robbed. Years of brain function because of what we go through in this country. You think about that. And you think about it. It says it takes away four years for blacks and a year and a half for white people. Four years of brain function because America's racist. And because of what black people go through just to try to be human in this country. That's what we're dealing with. And we got to start paying attention to that. Because Trump care could have become a reality. And we would have been screwed. In terms of what needs to happen in, in, in the intervention, the, the article said there needs to be an urgent intervention. An urgent intervention in these poor communities, which are, dis, which are disproportionately black. And Trump care also would have rolled back. It would have rolled back Medicaid, but let me tell you what that means. It would have been harshest to the people who are elderly. The people whose premiums would have quadrupled are the people in their elderly people in their 50s and 60s. Okay. For elderly people, it would have quadrupled with people making $26,000. Those people, elderly people making that kind of money. That's a huge deal because that's your grandmama. That's your mama. That's your daddy. That's people in your family who might come down with dementia tomorrow. And Trump is telling you they can't have no money. They can't get no health care. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to make the cost higher. So, you know, and then they would have put caps on Medicaid. That means programs. You don't get no more programs. And we're going to have to close programs because it, it can't be above that much. That's what it means. That's what, that's what Mitch McConnell was doing because this is all about money. And he wants to put money in the pockets of rich people. He don't care. Like, stop telling me this is what's best for the American people. It's not. It ain't never been that way. He wants to put money in the hands of people who already have money, who have more than enough. And he wants to, he wants to stuff their pockets because that's who stuffs his pockets. And I'm happy about one thing, and that's that Mitch McConnell has failed at everything he's tried to do. We are like, what are we like, eight months in army? What is it like in, in terms... I'm so happy that you have failed everything that you tried to do so far. I, I hope people keep showing up at town halls and being active in terms of in terms of pushing back against what they're trying to do in terms of gutting everything. Like you think about it. Like there's not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot right now that we that that that, that in terms of resistance because Democrats as a whole ain't gonna resist nothing. But what you have is some leftists and some burners out there doing some real stuff. You ain't no doing some real stuff to oppose this stuff. And we gotta hope that it gets bigger. We gotta hope that it gets better. But let me just say this. Hold on, wait a minute. Someone just gave eight hundred dollars on Super Chat. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. We can get that. That's, hey, I mean, somebody said YouTube gets six. No, YouTube gets, I think, 30 percent, don't they? Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah, how but you thank know, you. I mean, but wait a minute. How does somebody that ain't gave nothing talk about? You know YouTube get 30 percent. Oh, six percent. You ain't yeah. getting $2. You talking about what YouTube do and what YouTube leave. Listen, YouTube has, YouTube has cut our payments in, into a third of what they used to be. We don't get much money here. So anything is appreciated. And I appreciate whoever gave $300 because YouTube ain't paying no more. Right. They used to give, they cut it down to a, it cut down to half, and then all of a sudden it cut down to a third. Look, man, our views have been going why? through, our views are you going through the roof, why? and we're losing money. We're uh, losing money. I got a 10-year-old car in the shop, and they talking about <laughs> YouTube taking money. 
Who going to pay the mechanic? But anyway. Well, actually, if you want to help us, though, go to BreakingBrown.com yeah. and sign up for a monthly um, monthly membership fee. And you can, can do $5. $3. You can do $5. $10. You can do whatever you want to do. And it got to be no great amount. And you can also suspend it. Hard times come. You can suspend your stuff. Yeah. I understand. We all go through it. Look, you've been trying to quit smoking anyway. <laughs> you've, been, you've been trying to quit smoking anyway. Now is your time. You give us your some cigarette money. Well, they were like one. It's not even a pack of cigarettes if you donate three dollars. I was about to say you quit tithing and give to us, but I went smoking there, so <laughs> I, I'm not gonna mess with the church. Y'all no. are right. If y'all, if y'all are right, if you good, if you do black politics, let's do some black politics in the church. Can we do some black politics in the church? Like, I mean, can we make that the thing? Okay. I don't. I'd appreciate it. I'd appreciate if we could do some good tithing in the church. We could do some, you know, I don't want y'all just to get together and eat. Tie strings to your tithe. All right, yeah. I'm giving you my tithe. Yeah. Now, what are we going to talk show, about? I'll like show up. We're going to talk some black politics and talk what we need to do. I will show up every time. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. So, let me just say this. Yes. You know, you also have to consider, like I said, winners and losers. Doctors are making big bucks. <laughs> Somebody said someone wrote he meant three dollars. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I ain't coming back. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I would give it back. I'm sorry. I would give it back. I'm just playing with y'all. Why y'all clowning in this chat room? <laughs> Lemon pepper wings and black politics. I, I, I'll show up. I'll show up. I'm trying to decrease my card, but I'll show up. I'll show up. Um, forgot to cut down a French fry. But listen, doctors are making big bucks too. And they don't want to go to something where the government reimburses them and they can't make big bucks. Like I said, winners and losers. But if you don't have no regular doctor and you don't have, we don't have steady, consistent health care, we're winners in this. You can't care about everybody else who's going to lose. You can't care about that. And and remember that, what was that Michael Moore movie? The dude was making like 200000 Like that's you. If You can still make good money even if we're doing a government system. You just can't, you can't gouge nobody. You're not going to be driving no Ferrari or even no $80,000 Mercedes. But you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Winners and losers. So, you know, I'm going to transition now because I'm, I'm running a little low on time. So I got to get back. Um, I got to get back to what I'm doing because I. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube chat. What's wrong with YouTube chat? What's wrong with YouTube chat? <laughs> It'll be, it'll be going to some good things. <laughs> oh my God! I got, I got to. Oh. YouTube takes what they take, but since, but listen, listen, since YouTube, <laughs> since YouTube ain't paying no more, people got to give what they give. I can't tell people to go to the site all the time because sometimes they forget. So if they pay here, they pay here. I just bought a, I just bought a new camera. <laughs> bought a Canon TI-5. That was $500. Yes! It's beautiful. It's in the room. It is a beautiful camera. And I got the little flip thing. Yeah. And it, it, it's a beautiful camera. But that was a costly camera. <laughs> so, thank you whoever donated the money because that's going towards my camera. That's going to pay for my camera. But let me get to something else. Go to clip number eight, Ivory, because they clowning. Go to clip number <laughs> Somebody said, give it back in 297. I will if he emails me and say I meant to give $3. I will definitely give it back to him. <laughs> oh, him or her. I don't know who donated. Uh, but um, uh, The next one, is this Public Defenders? Uh, yes. Oh, skip that. Okay. No, no, no. Planning evidence. Planning clip evidence. number eight. Yeah. Planning evidence, ladies and gentlemen. Uh-huh. I was I was on Twitter early today, and I saw that the, one of the stories trending on Twitter was uh, a Baltimore police officer was accused of planting evidence, and apparently, 
They said it was on his body cam, which was interesting because they said that the body cam actually starts like 30 seconds before it looks like it starts. So it starts recording before you think it starts recording. And he was doing some stuff and putting some evidence somewhere that he kind of walked back to later and it ended up in a, it ended up in an arrest. Now the police said that's not the whole video and there was some other stuff going on and they may have been reenacting something. Or I don't know. I'm just telling you it looks, to me it looks kind of suspicious. But you got to understand something. And I'm only going to talk about this for a quick second. But you got to understand you got to understand one thing. The Baltimore, I mean, Marilyn Mosby, when she came out about the Freddie Gray case, she basically said the whole system is corrupt. She talked about how the whole police force went against her and tried to, and, and, and worked together to, 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 to torpedo her case. She talked about that. It was just basic. She said they all, there was collusion and everybody colluded to make sure that Freddie Gray's family didn't get justice. Mind you, Freddie Gray also, before you say, well, he was crazy. Well, he ate lead paint. That's what, that's what he had to deal with. That's what you have to deal with a lot of these when you're poor. They, they gave him lead paint. Yes, poison. You ate poison. So what I want to say, if you even put up clip number nine, it also, Baltimore also has a history. Baltimore has a history of arresting African-Americans there on some BS. Well, what do you mean, Yvette? What do you mean? What do you mean by BS? Let me tell you this. In Baltimore, 63, 63%, it's 63% black. It accounts for 90% of suspects charged with trespassing, failing to obey orders. It accounts for 84% charged with disorderly conduct. Let me tell you, these are BS arrests. What this tells me is that the police in Baltimore routinely harass African-Americans. They routinely harass African-Americans. And this takes me back to the vagrancy. This takes me back to vagrancy. You remember vagrancy? Vagrancy were those laws used after slavery was technically over. Loitering, um, not having enough money in your pocket, whatever. All of these things were used. All of these things were used to keep, to make, to re-enslave black people. And like I've said this before, but if you haven't watched Slavery by Another Name, please watch it. It's on. It's a PBS and it's on YouTube. You don't have to read the book. There's a book as well, but you can you can see it on you can see it on YouTube. And watch it and watch it with your kid. If you got a kid, somebody called in last night and talked about educating kids. This is something that they can watch. And you should watch it with them and explain it to them afterwards. Explain it to them as you go. Right? I want you to do that. Because what they did, they made up all these laws that were just used to re-enslave black people. And that's what it feels like. Now, let me tell you how that ties into wealth. How you going to be stable if you're getting arrested? People, there was there, there was a great. It said in that article that's up right now. It said a lot of these a lot of these charges are dropped, and people say, "Well, the charges were dropped. What's the big deal? You ever been in jail?" Yeah, no. It's, it's the charges are dropped, but that could have been after three or four por- uh, court appearances, or and yeah. you could have lost your job. You what if you get arrested and the next day you are no call, no show? Y'all know what that's like. Yeah. If you ever had a regular job, you show up, you in, uh, day two days, no call, no show. You fired. You can't go back and say, "Oh, sorry, I was arrested." Yeah. And the charges would drop. Don't nobody care. And then let's talk about the disabling aspect of that. Let's say, yeah. like, everyone says, black people, you just need to get life insurance. All right, so you just lost your job for a month. 
Yep. Because of some BS charge. You lost your job for a month. You missed one premium. Boom. You lost your life insurance. And now you got to go up and your premium's going to, like, yeah, like you're, you're out of the game. Yeah. So, like, that's. Yeah. That's the and that people say we don't buy life insurance because we're stupid. We don't buy life insurance because no, we buy joys. No, because that means making a payment. That means making a payment every month. Every month. And those life insurance over a number of decades, not just years, decades. They're That's, looking for a reason to get you off too. Yeah, they're looking for a reason to kick you off. Miss a payment, please. Yeah, well, you missed a payment. You can you can get a new policy and start all <laughs> over again, and all that money you got is lost. You can get you a new policy. How about you do that? Or they'll say, well, you didn't have as much as you thought you had. I, you know, I've seen, I've seen policies switch up. And you don't have the original policy. Or maybe it's sold and changed. And, and they, they, look, these people are designing ways for us to fail. And so you have to have money. You have to have reparations. You have to have something. Because these people are designing stuff for us not to be okay. For us to struggle. For us to lose. All this stuff is set up for somebody to get a little, for us to get a little bit of money and pay a little bit of money because we think we got something. And then they say, oop, snatch it away. Your life insurance is canceled. Oop, your car has been evicted. But I ain't got but like five <laughs> more payments left. I'm sorry. That, that, we're not giving it back. So then if you want to get it back, then you go file bankruptcy to get your car back. And you have bankruptcy on your record for like seven years or whatever. It is designed that way. And the only way you can come outside of that trap is to have some wealth. And we don't have wealth. We have generational poverty. Some people have generational wealth. We have generational poverty. Same and that's cause. why I still call for reparations. It's the same cause, mind you. Like, they have generational wealth because we yeah. have generational poverty. Yep. Yeah. Don't right? say that again. Say that again, Iron Man. They have generational wealth because we have generational poverty. They have generational wealth because we have generational poverty. They they have they suck us dry with free labor and everything that came after that from the houses. Do you remember we talked about housing the other day and we talked about how that's a scam? You remember that? We talked about how during when when they were doing redlining when black people couldn't get mortgages, you had all these scam artists saying, Oh, I'll give you a mortgage, you just pay on time. The one day you're late, they take the house and they've taken all the money, they put somebody else in there. Generational wealth. They have generational wealth because we have generational poverty. These two things are linked. You can't take them apart. You can't say I wasn't here doing slavery. Even the fact that you're a white person. I don't care if you're the poorest of white people. That fact that you're white means that nobody knows that you're poor when you walk around in the world. That's why you can get away with stuff. You can get away with fraud as a white person. Because don't nobody know you're poor. He looks so decent. He looks right. He looks so nice. Catch me if you can. Remember that movie? You couldn't do that as a black person. They stop you all the time. They think we're doing something wrong. We did nothing anyway. So how are you going to get away with that kind of theft? You're not. You're just not. You're not going to get away with confusing somebody and making them believe you got money. Where? That's not going to happen for you. That's not going to happen for me. Okay, even colorism can't make you that white. Can't make you white to the point that when you you confusing and you making a bunch of making a bunch of white people think you got a bunch of money. Well, I'm a millionaire in from you. Better get your lying black self out of here. <laughs> but that's the difference. That's why they can they can just have they can be they can just have high school and get a job, and a black college graduate can't. Okay, that's that's a generational legacy, and that's what we have to deal with day in, day out, day in, day out. And you can't deal with that unless government says, you know what, I'm going to make, I'm going to make you whole. 
That's how that happens. That's the only way you deal with it. Okay? And so, you know, you need civilians on these disciplinary boards for these police officers. It don't do no good for the disciplinary board to be made up of only other of people who are in the police department. No. You have to have civilians because that is a community. What good is it if you're not accountable to the community? And that's the problem with Baltimore. Hell, they couldn't, I mean, Marilyn Mosby, she couldn't even get them to, do, I mean, do anything. They scurried all around her. Just chick, 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 Every which way she tried to go. It don't matter who you are. We don't care. We're the police. Okay? Understand that and understand what that means for our politics. Now, let me hurry this up because I want to get to the phones real quick. And let me say something about the phones before I get to the phones. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> before I get to the phones, I want to, I like to get as many people through as I can. Make your comment concise. But also, make your comment about what we talked about today. I don't even remember sometimes what happened. And, I don't, and, and, and there are a lot of people watching who weren't, who weren't here for what happened last week or whatever. So make your comment about what we're talking about during this Breaking Brown episode. I would appreciate it. Now, Irony, we're going on our way to, there was a, uh, what's this crazy, crazy man name in St. Petersburg? He's running for mayor, St. Pete, Florida. He's running for mayor. What did he say? He said something very awful. <laughs> but he said something that I predicted a long time ago. And like nobody believed me. So whatever. <laughs> you screw it. Screw it. And screw everybody who didn't believe me. Because I told you these, these crazy, these crazy, gonna... crazy, 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 crazy racists were going to come out of the woodwork. Yeah. Yeah. I told used. you. He got, he got used. Yeah. I, I told you. I said, these people, here they come. And I want to thank the person who, there was a person, somebody on Facebook um, tagged me in this today. And I want to thank them. I can't remember the name. Um, but yeah, check out your boy. Yeah. And I want you to go ahead. And I want you to see, he, but he said, and he, and, and people say, well, he's a kook. But if you go to that page, see that Facebook page, that's a Facebook page right there. Um, if you go to that page, you'll see that he has a lot of supporters. And he basically said, Reparations, you got your black people, you got your reparations with Obama. Now, what I didn't say about this man who he's running against in terms of that race, that mayoral, he's running against a white person who is in favor of reparations for African Americans. <clears throat> Stronger than that, he's like, look, we're not gonna get we're not gonna unify our city unless we get reparations. Unity through reparations. Unity through reparations. That's a white boy I can get with. Yeah. <laughs> Unity through reparations. That's who's running against this racist. Somebody who says unity through reparations. That's let, hey, if you want to be down with me, then I yes. <laughs> unity through that's the way to go. If you want to get to my heart, the cockles cackles of my dark heart, <laughs> unity through reparations is the way to go. The cat's name is Jesse Neville. Go. Yes, Jesse Neville, unity through reparations. And he's like, look, we're not gonna unify our city unless we get black people what they're owed. To which I say, yep. Yep, you're not gonna get what you and 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 everybody and everybody and every white politician take note. Now he's running against the Klu Klux. So basically, <laughs> basically, because the guy also said the guy that the guy that the pro reparations white guy is running against the pro reparations white candidate is running against is this guy who says we got our reparations through Obama and we need to go back to Africa if we don't like it. Now, here's the thing with everybody who says go back to Africa. Most of us ain't never been. You act like that's not a foreign country, foreign, well, a foreign continent. But you act like the 54, is it 54, 54 countries in Africa are not foreign countries to us. Why would I tell, why would I tell you to go back to Europe? 
Just hey, a look, big landmass. Yvette, I'm sure as soon as you got off the plane in Africa, they would welcome you home. Sister, you belong. Welcome home, right? They were very nice to me. They were very nice to me. I went to Liberia and they were very nice to me. But... Just like a sister, right? But no, I still got they. They come from America, so they know that like we have a connection. So they connected me with me on that, but they didn't know. They knew the minute you, the minute you, I don't care. Even those of you who are brown skinned or dark skinned, the minute you step off a plane, don't they know you ain't from here? <laughs> and it's fine to go and visit, like you go and visit anywhere else. But they know you're not from there. They know you playing games. They know you can't come on. Stick out like a sore thumb, walking around talking crazy. But they were people were very nice and very wonderful. But I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your connection there. We, we, you're gonna tell people to go. Now here's the thing: the, the same person who will tell you to go back to Africa will turn around next week and say, "Why aren't you more patriotic?" Hold on. I'm supposed to go back to Africa and be patriotic? Are you schizophrenic? What does that mean? Either I'm American or I'm African. Within 54 countries. Nobody ever says go back to Europe. You came here on a boat too. And you came here voluntarily. Nobody ever tells you to go back. So, I mean, I think this is important in terms of, you know, and I told everybody that eventually these people are going to say that Obama was your reparations. And, you know, it's, it's all interesting. It, it, the child of a Kenyan and a white woman is somehow the reparations of African Americans, descendants of slaves. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I, I think so. I think somewhere there's a group of people laughing like crazy at how all this stuff happened, as it was happening to everything of how we paid for it. Y'all let this man go on the bridge of Selma. I ain't gonna talk about it long, but y'all let this man go on Selma, on that bridge, with the importance that it has to us. It was like, all right, you can't tell me I don't have. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have access. I'm not a part of this bridge. Barack Obama, somebody should have, somebody should have got you off that bridge. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to tell you how they should have got you off that, but somebody should have got you off that bridge. Okay. So one of the things, and I mean, you talked about this a little bit, <coughs> but how we have to re-educate these people. Right. We have to re-educate these people in a lot of ways. For example, look at the politics of St. Petersburg. There's that kid, <coughs> Jesse Neville, who's running. For mayor on the platform of unity through reparations. Number one, two, three, four. That's it. Like he's like, look, we're not getting, we're not unifying in this city until we get right with our black folks, and that's a quarter of the population, twenty-five percent. He's right. There's also a woman running for city council on oh. that same platform. Unity through reparations. Unity through reparations. So you have two people. This is strategy. Look, if that woman, her name is Akili Canyon, if that woman would have run alone for a city council seat. She wouldn't have had a chance, uh-huh. right? But now, since Neville is bring as running for mayor is uh, and Cannon, the the city councilwoman is running. Uh, she's only twenty years old. She's a black woman. She's great, but like she wouldn't have had a chance because she wouldn't have gotten any um, press as a city council uh, can- candidate. But since Neville is running on the same ticket for mayor, it steers press to the issue, so she's looking to get elected. Right? Yep. So even exactly. if Neville doesn't exactly. win, exactly. even if Neville doesn't win, you just got a city councilwoman elected on a reparations platform. Yeah. And now yeah. you have a stake. That's true. That's politics. That's how you win even when you lose. Yeah, that's right? true. Like, let's be clear about that. So even if he's just providing cover, providing media, a lot of 
All right, so a lot of losing candidates, a lot of candidates don't know how to lose and move the movement forward. Mm. So whether Neville wins or lose, this kid moves the movement forward and gets this sister a seat. Ah. Like that politics that works. And that and we see this even in the presidential um, um, election. Bernie lost, but he'd lost. But he's still in it, though. Not only that, he built in it. There, he could have... He didn't build the greatest infrastructure, but people are talking about single payer in a way that they didn't. Bernie and full throatedly, not just full. like, well, I kind of would like it and appreciate no, it. You no, no, no. Uh, Barack Obama got us like maybe asking, maybe like Bernie got us demanding it. People are talking yeah. about um, colleges in a way that they didn't. Well, so that's this, what I told people. I told people when people say, well, well, event, you know, I, you know, leftist, leftist, told me, well, I hate Bernie. I said, listen. He changed the conversation. He changed the conversation. And that's a win because you change the conversation. You change the electorate. Maybe the next kid who goes now, like, has a spot and has a seat. So, like, in St. Petersburg, you're watching pretty interesting electoral strategy to move the issue forward. Because if yep. this city councilwoman wins because of the mayor guy buying, getting press for running for mayor, then the mayor's loss doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. The mayor's loss doesn't matter because now she has a seat and she has a stake and she has a microphone all the time. She has yeah. a microphone all the time. And that's how we need to think about politics. What moves the needle forward? I said before that we got too many, uh, too many people who think they're going to be Jesus when we really need some John the Baptist preparing the way. And this Neville kid might be preparing the way. John the Baptist preparing John the, the way. Preparing the way. This Neville kid might be Neville running on reparations, running for mayor, might be preparing the way for Akili Canyon, who's running for city council. And she's the one who might actually deliver. But he needs, someone needs to prepare the way. Someone in media needs to be talking about black people and reparations. Someone in media, even if you're going to lose, needs to be talking about that issue. And we, and we saw this even in New York. That guy with the black govs who said rent is too damn high, right? Like, that was kind of a joke candidate, uh-huh. but people started talking about, like, rent is damn high. And someone needs to be talking about, <laughs> yeah. like, so, like, there are lots no of control. Way, like, no if, rent control. If you get in, and whether you think you're going to win or whether you're not, you need to be talking about the issue so the next person can do better by us. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Use, ele- use these elections as a strategy to push our justice claims. And 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 media, and, that's what we win and lose. And let's let's end this. Let's end this before we go to the phones with clip number twelve, please. Let's end this. Listen, black people, one of the things y'all gotta do is be able to stand up to these people in public. And I'm not talking what? about hitting nobody or chase I'm talking about having a debate where you just shame them. <laughs> And don't let anybody tell you slavery was a long time ago. <laughs> like, don't let anybody tell you, well, that was a long time ago and you got opportunities. Look at this chart. No. All that time that you were in slavery and all this discrimination, they all that time that you had all that stuff, they had, they had, they were getting generational wealth. And that don't mean all people say, people say, well, all white people, all white people aren't, aren't wealthy or rich. Listen. We are comparable to the poorest of the poor of white people. Like our group. <laughs> it's comparable to the poorest of white people. That's not how. That's not how. That's not how this is supposed to work. That's not how any of this is supposed to work. That's not how any of this works. We should have our own. If this, if if America was fair, and this was truly a meritocracy, we would have a class structure. Ultra super rich, right? Um, rich, wealthy, upper middle class, middle middle class, lower middle class, and poor. We don't have that. We have a few aberrations like Oprah. And that's it. 
And she don't have the real kind of money. We've talked about this. She don't have no coal. She don't have no oil. She don't have none of that. She just has her personality, which means that even her stuff can't, can't withstand, even if she had a kid. She don't have no kids. She don't understand legacy. But even if she had a kid, it wouldn't be that. It would not be that because she don't own resources. She only owns a personality that white people like. That's not, and that's the best, that's the best that we got is a person who has a personality, who, a person who is a mammy to white people. That's the best of us. What does that make you think? What does that make you feel? What does that make you understand about wealth in this country? You got people right now that's, that's, that's the air to companies that make planes. That's the uh, parts that go on planes. They're the air to, to, to acres and acres and acres and acres that they use to then produce stuff that they sell to, to, to like to, to restaurants. All right. These are resources. Smiling and doing Weight Watchers commercials is not a resource you can pass down to anybody. Okay. So, I mean, I just wanted to think about that. And you about ready, Aaron? Uh, yeah. You can the put a number up whenever you want to. Yeah, let's open up the phones because I want to hear what y'all got to say about all this stuff. It's just so crazy. I just want to hear what y'all got to say. Three topics. Let's let's touch on these topics if you call in and not, you know, you know. The, uh, or, or if you know, if you, you know. On. What'd you say, Aaron? I'm just going to put the number on. Oh, okay. Put the number on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Somebody said put that chart on. You know what? Tony O'Moore has a t-shirt with that chart on it. I think, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think he does. If I remember correctly, I'm not sure, but I think he does. I think he, I think, I think he does. But I think everybody needs it. It's like if you're watching this, like pause it, copy that, you know, screenshot that, you know, and 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 keep it. I think I'm gonna make it. I think I'm gonna make it my Twitter picture at, at Breaking Brown. I think I'm gonna make it my Twitter picture. I should have wish I could get my other Twitter back, but I guess I'm locked out of that one. So if you're going to follow me on Twitter, follow at Breaking Brown. Don't follow at Yvette DC. I can't get into that one no more. I'm locked out. <laughs> it's a long story. It's a long it story behind it, but I ain't going to get it back. <laughs> so. ah. Somebody said, I'm calling. Good evening. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? I'm okay. As usual, you guys are doing a great job. I just wanted to... Uh, Throw some uh, a monkey wrench in here a little bit. Okay. Um, in particular, as you were speaking to Ms. Mosby, uh, the district attorney um, there in Baltimore, um, consider the fact that in that case we had a black prosecutor, we had black police officers who were involved in that, a black victim, of course, but we also had a black judge <laughs> by the name of Barry Williams. Mm. Um, so all the actors, for the most part, were black, yet the outcome was the same. Uh, consider the case of Walter Scott, uh, the black gentleman who was shot several times in the back by the white officer. Uh, and in the first mistrial of that case, the jury foreman in that case was a gentleman by the name of Dorsey Montgomery. And Dorsey uttered these words when telling the judge, that the jury, the jury had reached a mistrial, or the jury had uh, uh, not reached a decision, and the judge ultimately granted a mistrial. But Dorsey said race did not at all play a factor in our deliberations. Mm. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. You Just think about think about that for a minute. Um, and it, the, the the problem here is there is this belief that. 
if we have more black people in positions, then the outcome will be the different. I'd like to push back against that. Um, I have often argued that no sane black person can be pro-democracy. Democracy only works if your people are in power and, two, if your people are not buying into white supremacy. In either case, democracy produces the same result as if white people were at the table. Yeah. This goes back to a conversation we had a few weeks ago about we just, you know, about the Booker T. Washington thing, if you invaded the slave plantation, the first people you would have to fight will be the slaves themselves who will fight to uphold masses, you know, plantation. Mm. I don't trust any black person, any black person, until I see how they behave around white people. Oh, I have been around enough black people to know that if they are up under the influence of white supremacy, and a lot of us are living under the influence, we need to give people LUIs, but they're living <laughs> under the influence of white supremacy, and if they are living up under the white supremacy, they will do, they will be winter in the planet of the apes. Mm. I don't know if any of you guys seen that movie, I didn't see, but, but that I heard movie about is winter. ultimately about the race war between black people, where you have these Uncle Tom Apes, like Winter and, and a few others, who ultimately do the bidding of white people to enslave their own people. So in every one of these cases where we have a black person uh, 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 being shot unarmed by police officers, we need to, to pump the brakes on making the assumption that if we have black faces in those cases, they would have ultimately wind mm, up different. I agree. The, the, the other thing I, I just want to leave you with is this notion about what's fair. America can't afford fair. Yeah. I want you to think about that. America can't afford fair for black people. A fair would be allowing black people to enslave white people for 500 years. That would be fair. <laughs> that would be fair. You've gotten, you've gotten the opportunity to enslave us for, okay, let's make it fair. So they can't afford fair. Can they afford reparations? I mean, I, I'm involved right now in trying to form a class. You know, I'm an attorney. We're trying to form a class as it relates to the Georgetown um, case uh, with the slaves that were sold okay. to prop up Georgetown by the Jesuits. Okay. And yeah. the conversations that we are having with family members uh, in terms of who's for it, and who's against it, it touches on all these issues. You have one set of the family that says, oh, uh, their apology is enough. What? Say, well, hold up. No, they, they actually, the institution, the multi-billion dollar endowment, they're around because they sold your people. They said, well, well no, we, we, don't, we, don't, we, we don't need all that. We don't want a handout. There's a whole group of the family that feels like that. Then there's another part of the family that says, well, uh, an apology would be okay. And then there's another part of the family that says, oh, well, we'll take admission but not tuition. And then there's another part of the family who are in the minority who say, well, maybe we should take tuition. Now, it's very important to note that Georgetown has not offered tuition. They offered an apology and an admission. And the reason why they will never offer tuition, at least in our estimation, 
is because in the court of law, that would be tantamount to an admission of guilt, and it would open the floodgates in terms of reparations. Now, in each of the, in each of the reparations cases, and I don't mean to belabor the point, I'll handle this, but in each of the reparation cases that have, that have tried to go up, the problem has been that the courts have kicked them out because they've said they're too remote. You know, you can't really prove the harm. But in this case, we have specificity of harm. Yeah. And that Georgetown would not be in existence if it was not for the sale of these slaves. Well, the problem then becomes is, what's the price tag? Yeah. We're actually trying to hire economists uh, as expert witness to try to calculate what the compensatory damages are for the actual sale in today's dollars plus interest as well as the harm to family members uh, uh, who are direct descendants of that. And I can just tell you, forming this class, it has been, Yvette, I wish I could have you in the room because it is is painful. It is painful to know um, that you have a case that could actually be the first case in American history uh, that could get reparations, but you have a good, that it, it may not be able to go forward because you have a good contingent of the family that thinks Georgetown, who were founded by Catholic priests, the Jesuits, uh, uh, have made atonement and have apologized, and that's enough. Oh and so when God. you're dealing with our people, how do you win? How, 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 do you, how do you get everything that you and Army are talking about when you have to fight up against this? Now I'll just let you guys discuss that, but thank you very much. Oh, my much. God. Thank oh. you so much. That was such a great call. We did. Hey. You let me come up there, I'll convince him to get money as God's work. Ain't no forgiveness. You ain't got no money. Who you talking to? Wow. Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? And then this is for the whole race. You're going to talk about, you don't understand. This is for everybody, ain't just for you. You don't get to talk about forgiveness. What's wrong with us? You don't get it. Listen, when you get compensated, you get to talk about forgiveness. I, you know, most of y'all, I, I've had the pastors tell me most of y'all are misreading your Bible anyway. They're supposed to make you whole before you start talking about forgiveness. I would love to talk to them people and tell them, listen, what's wrong with you? These people took everything. I want a building. I want, or I want a building. Tell them you want a building or tell them you want to set up a fund where you get part of an endowment in a trust fund for you and your family. And this is good for not only you, it's good for all African Americans. Stop with this bull. Stop with this. You are a problem for your race when you do this stupid stuff. And I understand you don't know. But come on. Hold on. I could cut this. I could cut it. Jesus. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cut it. We're going to give a special, we're going to give a PSA. Special, this is for, we're going to help Mr. Hamilton out in his, uh, um, speak directly to the camera. Speak directly to the camera and speak directly to the people. Hello. I'll cut it and uh, make the case. Hello, (laughs) people. Hello, people. Who are suing Georgetown and you're African American for taking, Georgetown would not be in existence if it were not. For the slaves that they sold who were your ancestors. That's the reason you don't have the money that white people have right now. The way you make up for that is money. Georgetown is filthy rich. We're talking millions of dollars, not thousands of dollars. Billions. Billions. Forgiveness. I'm talking millions for them specifically. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But not for the college. Millions for them in terms of you. You don't make up for generational poverty by accepting an apology. You got to stop that. Like, we got to stop that. That's not that's not what you get. When you get what you're owed, when Georgetown gives you millions, then you can say, when Georgetown gives you millions for your ancestors being sold to prop up that university, then 
And only then can you say, you know what, Georgetown, now I can forgive you. Now I can move on. Until you have those millions, you can't do that. An apology does not help you. It does not help your kids. It does not help anybody. And what you're trying to do is help the entire African-American community. You're not just trying to help yourself. We got to get out of there. It's not about just what you think. If you do this and this moves forward in a way that's beneficial, then that means it opens the door to more lawsuits. And that's what we want. We want litigation. We want to pave the groundwork for litigation. You got to get in the struggle. And you're not in the struggle by telling them an apology matters. No, we're in America, dear. Money matters. In America, in the richest country in the world, doing the height of income inequality, money is the only thing that matters. Don't you come to me talking about no forgiveness of people who got billions. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with us? You have to do your job. Your job is to advocate for money, that's what matters. That's what moves things. You can't get nothing done in this country. You can't have anything in this country without money. Get your money. The window is open. I don't know how it's going to end, but this is about money. Now, uh, real quickly, he made a very specific question about what if people consider it to be a handout? They don't want any government handout. You got sold. I mean, your people got sold. Your people, like this is, this is payment from Georgetown. For service rendered by your people. And it wasn't voluntary service. They sold your people. The bodies. Those people had no lives worth anything. Because Georgetown sold them. And this. You are going to be compensated. Or should be compensated for that. Because you are the heir to that poverty. You are the heir to the poverty. That Georgetown and everybody. And Georgetown and everybody else. Who, who, who was complicit in slavery of African bodies. You, They were complicit in that and they owe a debt for that. Your job, your one job is to get paid for that. That's it. Okay, thank you. And uh, I'll cut that up and send it to the caller. And uh, hopefully he can... Jesus Christ. <laughs> he can show that little clip to, to some of the families he's interviewing, trying to get them to... Uh, I'll come up. <laughs> I'll come. Wherever you at, I'll come. I'll come. Him. Right. Have a long conversation with you talking about that. And I'm going to bring some scripture from pastors who understand. Yes. Hello? Hey, how you doing? Hello? Yeah. Speak up for me. Speak up for me a little bit. I let that call every time he calls. Oh, ain't he fire? I'm sorry, say it again. No, I said he's fire every time he calls. Every time he calls, I fucking love it. I'm sorry, I might cuss a little bit this time, but he got me fired up because he's telling nothing but the truth. But this is boy Jamal calling again up in up in the Maryland area, in the PG area. And look, give me his info. I go down to Georgetown myself too. All right, we can go. We can go to the stomping ground yeah. and show him what's really up. But um, you spoke about paying taxes. Uh, I see the bullshit because I'm in PG. I go out to Columbia for uh for auto mechanics. I'm in okay. school right now. I had to get 32000 in debt. I'm in school for that. But over there, they have all these small businesses, malls, all the grass cut. Everybody's good. They got all this shit all over there. But over there in PG, we don't get shit. But uh, same, uh, same fast food restaurant. We'll have no options, no uh, no retail, no nothing over here. Bullshit. And that homeowners association over here, I'm about to dig in their ass too. Because they talk about how we could... How we need to make sure our trash can is out here and all we got to power wash our back deck and do all this bullshit to the house, make sure the house stays. But 
we don't even get lights at the basketball court. We got holes in the windows at the front of the family, at the pool house. But we could get a new sign up. I'm paying all this money for this bullshit, but y'all can't even give me the basic needs for what I need. But please let me get his info because I meet him down there at Georgetown too. And I'm in the same situation too because I find out my grandmother, she was owned by the Bowie's. She was owned by a uh, Bowie. So I'm finna go collect my check to that Bowie. Thank you for My little sister needs to get me food. I need my shit too. Thank y'all. I call again. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Listen, because these homeowners associations ain't nothing about pretense in black neighborhoods. They have all this stuff. Well, you got to do this. You got to do that. No, they ain't got no money to do nothing. Stop trying to mimic. Stop trying to mimic something you see that, that white people do. Uh, or the people do in affluent communities. That ain't you. You got to find a new way. Stop trying to mimic everything you see. That's not how it works. It's not how any of this works. And that's why he's dealing with what he's dealing with. Give me a break, Georgetown. Oh, we got me mad about Georgetown. Go ahead, Aaron. Get the next one. Go, go, go. Hey, guys, what's going on? Oh, just up here watching your show, trying to figure out what's wrong with these people in Georgetown. What is what is wrong with these people in Georgia? What is wrong with these folks? I don't know. Media. They've been like, what, what, are they, what are they really thinking about? No, I think I think I think what they're thinking about. I, I, mean, think, I think it's a misinterpretation. I think it's a misinterpretation of Christianity. I honestly do. I, that's what I think. I think it's a pacifist approach, and there's there's not just one interpretation to Christianity. So I think that's a misinterpretation, and you just I mean it's but it's ridiculous. But I'm sorry, Carla, go on. No, I mean here's the thing. This is a perfect example of having a black skin with a white mind. Mm. Perfect example of that. I mean, if you think about it, at the end of the day, here we are talking about, you don't want to have a hand out, but you, we all, you know, as black people, they seem like they're glad to have a hand down. I mean, yeah. we're talking about inheritance. Well, first of all, we're talking about the fact that they're worried about being poor. Now, we're, we're underclass. That's the difference. This is a whole race that yep. can benefit from this. This is a foundation that can be laid. Yep. This is common sense, even though it's not so common, obviously. Now, here we are arguing amongst ourselves. We have not a pocket piss in $1,700, as you said, they $5 for black single women, yes, and you're sitting there with billion-dollar economics going on. Yeah. That means we're good for two, three hundred million of this, yeah. right? Yeah. We're good for two, three hundred. We, we, we've done the whole place, that you got to give us half, and here we are talking about we don't want a handout. Are you kidding me? We're not getting a handout. We're, forget the African stuff. We are Americans. We are black. We own that. We're taking Joe. We own that. Yep. We own that. And the proof is in the pudding. And I can't believe that even with evidence on our side, evidence on our side, we're going to sit there and debate on, on things of should we do this, should we not, and what is this going to say about us? Well, what does it say about us that we ain't got no health care? What does it say about us that we're $1,700 if we are middle class? What does it say that we don't really got no middle class? What does it say right now? Half us can't even feed our kids. Half us are living paycheck to paycheck. Half of us got a job, a part-time job, and we're hustling on the side. Yeah. I mean, at what point do we become to be proud to be ourselves and go get what's owed to us? At what point do we say enough is enough? This is about money. This is America. This, this really is about money. It's about green. That's the race that matters to them. All right, how much they got and how much we plan on taking. So what what do we do? 
to uh, to really get ourselves around. And I really enjoy you when you speak, the brother in the back, and I definitely uh, agree with the other brother that, you know, we have to judge our brother and sister by how they act around white folks. I mean, that's just the simple truth. That, that was no the best thing he said. He said, and I, I think, thank you, Carl, I appreciate that. But he said, I, he said, I meant to touch on that. He said, I can't, I don't trust black people till I see how they react around white people. And, I, and that's the truth. That's the God's honest truth. You can act oh, yeah. one. You can act. You can act one way around me. I mean, hey, what's up? Yeah, you can act one way around me and be like, "Hey, sister, what's up? What's going on?" You get around white people. Hello, Bob. I just heard. you see Bob. Have you met Bob? And then you just kowtow. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with reparations either. I think. I think the time is over for that. You know. I think Yvette. I don't. I think. You, okay. Okay. I see you. I see you. And I think that's. I. 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 I mean, I never thought about it in those terms, but I think it's. I think it's true. I mean, I think you can take a lot away from whether or not. Well, you, if, you, if you can say, can you say the same thing around me that you say? To, can you say around white people the same thing you say to me in private? If you can't, I don't know what to tell you. But but you did. You really said that a, a show, couple of shows back with mm. the Bill Maher thing. Remember? Yeah, that's true. You, you told us that with the Bill Maher thing. Yeah. How they act? Yeah. That's true, bro. Huh? You know, we saw Willie Martin now. Now, not to bring it up, to be real, we saw what it was, right? Yeah. One minute we black, the other minute we dance with master. We all saw what it was. <laughs> <laughs> One minute we black. I mean, now I know, I know the brother in the back. Like, come on now, Mike. Not, not today. Stick to the show. I, I will. I'll take it. You know what? I'm not going to say that now. But we all saw the dance. Yeah. We I all know. saw him bucking and bucking. Now we That's all true. saw it. That's true. We saw it. We saw it. We saw it live and in color. <laughs> No, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate it. But I think I, I I think thank you, Carl. It was a great call. I think I think listen, I think these people have been masterful, masterful at miseducating us. Yes. About what is important and what is unimportant to us and our lives and everything else. And you know, I I, I that's just you know, everything from how they use religion, how they use spirituality, how they kind of diminish money as a role in our life. And I mean, these people have been masterful. And I think that's what we're up against. We're up against centuries of propaganda that has been fed to people in our community. And so part of what our chore is, even if you don't, you know, no matter where you are, part of our chore is re-educating the black people around us. You can't do everything with everybody. But you can try to re-educate these people so that they don't get a, get in a room and do that. We get a lot of black jurors to get in rooms and do that. Yvette, you realize we're dealing with the people who will say, well, you know, I don't really want reparations because I'm worried about the national debt. Somebody said that one show, like three yeah. shows ago, oh, two or three say, shows ago. Like, what, what do I care? You know, they print money. Donald Trump, this is the president of the United States saying, you know, we print money. <laughs> yeah, we and they do. Remember, what, remember when the, when the whole housing crisis they had something called quantitative easing, which basically just backdoored money to banks, <laughs> okay, in addition to bailout. I mean, that's what that's what was happening. We can have a fancy name for our representation. Uh, yeah, we can call it quantitative Negro easy. debt relief. <laughs> yes, yes, that's fine. Yeah, whatever you want to call it, as long as the money. Make it out the cash <laughs> here. And somebody said, well, I've seen reparations and I don't know if, if, if it never alleviated poverty. Listen, just give me the money right now. I don't, we can, we can discuss everything that needs to happen in terms of class later. But right now, just give African-Americans the money. Like, that's, all, that's what we need. That's what we want. Like, I don't know what else you're talking about. You know, I don't, I don't understand. So, let's go to the next caller. Hey, Yvette. Hey, what's going on? Hey, it's your girl Tanya from Dallas again. Hey, how's everything? Hey, oh, 
Hot mess trying not to steal my libation over my computer for some of this stuff you talking about today. <laughs> Don't spill your libation. I'm just going to take it big by bit, too, and be quick. Okay. That first part, I can't with that. Everybody in that situation is messed up. The second and third parts and fourth parts is what's important. Never has there been a time that black politics is relevant. Mm. Especially on that last part of going back to Africa. I don't see nothing on my birth certificate that said I, that I got slash Africa where nope. I came from. My birth certificate said Dallas, Texas. Yep. Now, if some people need to get over that shock of being told that, I'm sure they was told that privately and stuff in their lifetime, but come on. They need to quit being shocked and put their voting to work. Mm. Put their politics yeah. to work. Yeah. Forget all this other nonsense. You telling a bunch of constituents you trying to get a vote to go back to Africa. Well, guess what? You need to go to that ballot box. You need to go wherever he's at and protest whatever he's saying. You need to mobilize yourselves. And then, as a people, we need to take a good look at ourselves. We can all collectively be shot and collectively vote. But once you do that, start doing those stuff to fix your own community up so this hot mess not ever put itself in your face again. Mm. I hear you. I That's you. what they need to do. I thank you. I appreciate. So I appreciate go that. Back and enjoy my libations. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy the rest of your evening. Enjoy your libations. Everybody enjoy their libations. That's what Monday wins is for. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think I think we have to start mobilizing instead of instead. Like I'm not shocked anymore about what these people say or what they do. I'm not shocked anymore. I mean, but if you see a pro reparations person running for office against a, against a racist, like yeah, I think you support that person. And I, I think you, I think you show out. And I think when they get elected, you, 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 you say, hey, you know, we put you in office, and you have to be accountable. And don't you forget that? Oh, we will replace you. We'll find somebody. Like we can't just be waiting on people to replace people. Like at a certain point, we're going to eventually have to get behind people and create our own candidates. We're going to have to just be yes. like, we're going to have to be like, this is our candidate. We chose him. In our civic groups and all that stuff, we chose this person to, 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 to run for us. And we're not going to, no, we're not going to go with who the Democratic Party sent here or who the state party sent here. If, if you don't, if, they, if, they, if, they, if they're not serving our needs, we'll find our own people. It's just what we're going to do. It's what we got to do. So we go to the next one. Out. They on? Hello? Hello? Hey. Hey, this is Alan from Seattle, Washington. Hey. Hey, so, you know, I just wanted to call and, one, say I appreciate the show. Um, Thank you. I watch you as much as I can whenever you pop up in my email. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to mention kind of my thoughts about the whole reparations thing and kind of my thoughts about it. Okay. Um, one, I'm definitely pro-reparations, and I think that maybe a strategy for us is to start, and whenever I have conversations with white people specifically about reparations, um... I, and when they argue about them, I usually ask them, well, you know, have you ever had inheritance? And I think maybe an idea for us to start thinking about as far as reparations is, is basically calling it an inheritance. Like we are mm. owed an inheritance from our ancestors, basically. Mm. We've done a lot of work for, you know, for 500 years or whatever. We're basically asking for the pay that they would have received in the form of an inheritance. And yeah. I think that we need to kind of like focus on, um, as far as our community is concerned, suing for 
money that's owed, which is an inheritance. And how can, you know, white America basically complain about that because they've experienced inheritance for hundreds of years as well. Yep. So that's just basically my, my, my point on it is basically maybe changing the wording of, you know, reparations to, you know, give us our inheritance that we've earned and that we should receive. Okay. Thank you, Carl. I think, I think, you know, I think that's a good idea. I mean, I like inheritance better than reparations. The The only problem I have is that, 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 that like white people be lying. And if you ask them sometimes they got reparations, they'll be like, no, I come from a working class house. And they don't tell you about all the in life, in vivo transfers they got. They don't mention any of that. They just tell you, I'm just like you. And it's just not true. So, but I know that what you're saying is true. And let me just say something else. Whiteness in and of itself is reparation. I mean, is inheritance. Whiteness is inheritance because you can move in this world in a way that you can't move, especially as, especially as a, uh, you know, as a brown skinned person. But you know, and, and, and in my, and in my case, like we don't, you can be light skinned and you don't have no, you don't have no, like nothing come from nothing coming down from your white family. So will you like, you got some white in you. What at though? <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. They don't never come to the family reunion. They probably somewhere with some money with somebody, but it didn't come here. Or you were with the poorest of the poor of white people. You know what I mean? So it's just like, because that's the only thing white people, black people were, had access to. So I think in, I think calling inheritance is good because what you're basically saying is that our people couldn't pass down inheritance because you robbed them of it by not paying them wages and by not allowing them to access wealth. During the time when America was growing, when people were accessing wealth and building, building businesses and, and building, you know, and working jobs and all that kind of stuff. And the new deal and everything that came before and after that redlining, all the stuff that happened, our, our people couldn't access any wealth because of what was being done to them systemically in this country. So they didn't have any inheritance to pass down, but you, cause you took it. So you need to give the inheritance back. So I think that's a great way to call it, but you know, I, I, I wouldn't even ask, um, you know, people, uh, white people about it because they're not, they, they, you know, a lot of these the white people rarely tell the truth about the little stuff. They like the stuff they got from parents and stuff and the stability in which they like, they don't need like, like even with remember the, remember the girl, remember the mayor, the mayor candidate you were talking about. Yeah. Jesse Neville. No, the other oh. one. Um, no, I'm sorry. The governor of Georgia. The, the, oh, the, Stacey Abrams. Yeah, or Stacey that the Evans. One? Stacey one? Evans, the black the white the one. one. The white one, Stacey Evans. And she gave this, she did this commercial about how, you know, she grew up with a single mom. And, and like, if you don't know enough, you think that her growing up with a single white mom is the same as growing up with a single black mom, but it ain't. It ain't. Like, first of all, her mama made a lot of bad choices that she don't <laughs> really want to deal with. Yeah. And she married a white man, so she married out of that because he came from a stable family. If you're a black woman, like Ivy wrote, if you check out his article, what was it at? What was the article at? Uh, the um, whiteness of Stacey Evans. The whiteness of Stacey Evans. If you didn't get it, check out that article by Ivy. Well, he basically talks about how she married out of that, as you a black woman, you're going to most likely marry a black man. You're not going to marry out of that by marrying a, a you're not going to have that in law school. So she yeah, met, in law school, she married a white lawyer in law school. Like who is at that wedding? Like, yeah, like, like let me, give me the, give me the net worth yep. of the people at that wedding. Yep. So, and I don't think any of them are like us. And we, there's a lot of things about that. She was, she was born of a single mom, but we don't ever hear about like her having to support her cousins or her uncle being no, back. No, because so it's like stable. The, the single mom might have just been a black sheep. Yeah. 
and and a white family who was just doing too much. <laughs> and you get you get you you having babies and stuff, and that's not approved of in this family. All that stuff you're doing, you come from a decent, you know, you don't know. And it's just like, but we'll look at that and be like, well, white poverty is just like black poverty. No, that's not the way. That's not the way. That's not the way any of this works. So um, let's take let's take our let's take our last call. Our, yep. Hello. Hey, caller. Wow. How about that? I'm the last caller. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. You know, I ran across your station, your channel. I don't do a lot of YouTube. And I did not like you. And now I love you. (laughs) (laughs) This is about to be an awkward call. (laughs) (laughs) I did not like you at all. But I let it play, and it was in my subliminal. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I said, you know, she's got this. And, you know, I watched a lot of stuff, Umar Johnson. You know, I, like, kind of binged on you, and I okay. don't do YouTube so much. But I want to respond a little bit. But I do like you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, uh, I don't agree with you 100%, but mm-hmm. do we ever? We don't have to. That's we have fine. to participate. Like I said, it was about to be an awkward phone call. But, yeah, but, yeah, but, I, like <laughs> I know. A lot, a lot of people still don't like me. A lot of people still don't like me. I, I run into them on the street. They still, still don't like me. what you're doing, girl. I appreciate you. 
I appreciate you. I think we disagree, but I think something she said was important. Like, we can disagree without hating each other. Like, some people believe that, like, Vets, she's a butthole. She just, but, listen, we can we can disagree, and she can disagree with me. I, I disagree with, with, you know, some of what she said just there. But we can disagree without being nasty, right? We got, that's, that's part of being grown. So, you know, for me, creating something else, like, I think about timing. Timing is important. And the time that these people were getting light years ahead of us and doing stuff, that was during a time when America was on the rise. And so you can't go back and make your ancestor or CEO or... And, and we're talking about people who had the intellectual capacity to do stuff, but they were tied. And you can't go back and fix that. I think the only thing you can do is get the money from that because America still costs. And I think I think... We're talking about minimum. yeah. America has a two drink America minimum. America has a two drink minimum, and we're in the bar without any money. With not no money. And the bouncer's looking at us. Yeah, and we're <laughs> about to get hurt because he picks us up. At the, I mean, that's what's going on right now. And I don't know. I don't know how you maneuver in the world without getting that. Now you could say something. If you said like, make these companies hire black people. Like make these companies hire black people. That would be different too. Like make them bring in people who are African American. Make us be priority in hiring. I think we still deserve reparations, but that would be something to provide us with a semblance of security. But you have to find something to secure us, especially considering everything that you did in this country. And this country is not just like, oh, these are just business people. No, the country was in on all of this. Okay, the government was in on all of this. So that's what we're dealing with. So so I appreciate everybody for calling in tonight and everybody who watched tonight. Um, you know, I appreciate that. If you all, if you want to support the show, go to breakingbrown.com. You can subscribe with a monthly donation. You can have a one-time donation. You can also go to DonateBrown.com um, and donate to the channel you, for one time if you want to do that. You can go to, you can, you can go to BreakingBrown.com too and subscribe to the $2 newsletter where I send out a list of links, which I think what I picked up throughout the week and I think were important um, in terms of our political education. So you can... Well, subscribe to Brown.com. You can do that and just subscribe to the general list. Um, and hit, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe, please. Even if you disagree, we can have a conversation. We can have an argument. We can have a disagreement. But we got to be a collective. We got to be a people. And we got to stop throwing away people just because we disagree with them. Yeah. And like, I, that was my thing with Umar. That's why I didn't throw away Dr. Umar Johnson. Because I may disagree with some of the stuff he says. I definitely do. But I can have that debate without saying he's awful and without no. throwing him away. And I hope you can do the same with me, too. Good. Honestly, look, YouTube's been doing something with our money, so we don't have that much coming <laughs> Doing in. something with our money. <laughs> <laughs> so, so before, please go to BreakingBrown.com if you like what we're doing. Sign up for a monthly, five bucks a month, ten bucks a month. That'd be great, and uh, we can we can grow this into something bigger. So yeah, so let's let's do that and um, hit the hit the notifications button if you're there. So so that when we come on, if you forgot or something, you can you can know that we're here. So I appreciate everybody calling. If we didn't get to you, I apologize, and we'll try to get to you on Monday. Um, I appreciate it. And thanks to everybody who emails me, everything you email me. You're, you're absolutely.